Crowheel here. Today we review a stout and discuss Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Good evening, Crowhill. What's on your mind today? A day in the life of Ivan Denisovich. Oh, okay. Why it's, do we do? Uh, it's time for the PNC Shortcut to the Classics. Ah, yes, of yes. course. Where we read great books by the world's great authors, so long as they're not too long. Yeah, we don't read those long books. Yeah. But uh, this one here, actually, this one was a, went this a little broke over. The rule, broke the rules. It broke the rules. Yeah. Uh, we like to keep it under 100 pages. This one went over. Uh, but this is Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Okay. And I think the way that this broke the rule yeah. is that the last two years we read very cold books in the very cold months. Yeah. We did <laughs> uh, we did three uh, Jack, Jack, London, Jack yeah. London in the Yukon freezing cold books. Right. Then we did uh, Ethan Frome right. yeah. in uh, turn of the century New England very yeah. cold book. That was cold. And I thought, well, how about? A gulag in Siberia. Yeah, colder than any of these other. Ones. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Jack London was pretty doggone cold. Pretty too, cold. Yeah. So that's that's how we got to where we are. But first, we've got three yeah, beers. Yeah, why are there three beers here? Oh, oh right. hey, there he is. Well, what do you know? Longinus joining us. Wouldn't miss a book. No, that's welcome. Right. This is, this welcome, is uh, our, as is our want when we do shortcut to the classics. Longinus comes in and and gives us his expertise on. Matters literary. Yes. So, um, all right. So first we have to try this beer. Yeah. And this is from Saugatuck Brewing Company. Okay. Which, uh, okay, did I tell you where, what state this is from? Yes. Okay, never mind. I was going to quiz you. <laughs> because I saw Saugatuck and thought Northeast. Yes, that sounds like Long Island. Yeah, but it's actually Michigan. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, a coconut stout. A oh dry, my goodness! A dry coconut. Stout. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's not, they're not. It's not sneaky. Ooh, it's not sneaky about yeah. the coconut. No. no, it's like a pina colada <laughs> right off the top. <laughs> yeah, very coconutty. Yeah, it's a you know almost black, oh, a little mm -hmm. tan head, just like you'd expect. Yeah, and you get some coconut flavor there too. But you're right, quite dark, and it does have Ooh. a dry finish. But yeah, it's, it's got that. Yeah. What do you think? It's 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 not too sweet, but it's sweet. Yeah, it's it's and got it, a touch of sweet. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not got, the heavy sweet. It's no, very it's light, great. It's got light. coconut flavors without being without sugar sweetness. Yeah, and also the coconut flavors don't feel like uh, somebody just dumped in artificial flavoring. Right. Exactly. I don't know if they actually, like actual coconut. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you can on an industrial level if you can put that much real I coconut in there when you brew it. But and the picture on the really can good. shows real coconut. So and I, I have had I have a long history. Of terrible efforts of putting coconut in my beer. But. There's, there's got to be some trick to it. <laughs> there is so last trick. night, uh, Mrs. Crowell and I were out at a German restaurant, and I I tried, they said, you know, for dessert, try some of our schnapps. I said, okay, fine, so I'll try schnapps. I tried some schnapps. It was so sweet. Yeah? It, I, I had to drink a Kolsch to wash my mouth out. Right. To, uh, get, I don't like that lingering sweet mm. stuff. I you know? remember having a certain appeal when I was... Underage. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I remember, I remember the peppermint schnapps. Yeah, that was a like, thing. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it, 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 going out and walking around in the snow. Yes. And drinking peppermint schnapps. That was that was a thing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, 
Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Why do we care about this guy? Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Well, I don't. Let's let's do a little background on Alex. You know, I meant to, what I meant to look up was when did Stalin come to power? So he's born in in 1918. So he's born right in after the middle the of the revolution. Well, basically, there wasn't even. There, there was still a civil war going on between the whites and the reds. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Bolshevik Revolution had happened, but they hadn't consolidated power yet. Right. At any rate, so he, uh, so but Lenin, you know, Lenin establishes things. Lenin gets them out of World War One, um, but he doesn't live that long. Right. And the the Stalin the bastard finagles his way in. And um, yeah, so when did Stalin take? Power? Yeah, when did Stalin take power? Like, like, did was his entire, basically his entire life in the Stalin era? Because he was, he died in fifty three. Does that sound about yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. So basically, Solzhenitsyn's whole exposure to so a quick Google search nineteen twenty two. Yeah, so he's five years old. So, yeah, yeah so all he knows is Stalin, and, right. and he's raised in a good Bolshevik manner to think that this is a good system until he... Privately, privately... So he goes to World War... Fights in World War II. The Russians are woefully unprepared. Why? Because... Hitler told them, well, you don't need to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, and words mean everything. And we we, we, we got a deal <laughs> here. Of course. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so they got steamrolled by the Germans. And what did, well, yeah, so what does he says in a private letter? Yeah, he, he, he criticizes Stalin in private correspondence. Somehow that comes to light and off to the gulag. Yeah. And how many years? He did, he did eight. I think the standard, there, there were two standard punishments. One was 25, and then it was 10. Like early on, the stamp, the, just like the rubber stamp, twenty five years, twenty five years. I should have done that, and then, uh, <laughs> and then later on, it became ten years. Was the standard. But I, per- I think I think he 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 personally was was eight. Uh, Sukarov, main character, mm-hmm. has a ten year sentence. Uh, so da da da, he serves his eight. He gets out. He he he's a math teacher. He still doesn't get to go home, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's in Kazakhstan or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And math teacher, blah blah blah. I guess he's writing on the side, and then there's the de-Stalinization. There's a little bit of breathing room with yeah. Khrushchev, mm-hmm. and he's able to actually publish this book in Russian. I kind of thought that it was snuck out and published in the West, right? Mm-hmm. But it was right. It was. It was published and widely read in in, okay. in Russia. You know, I was wondering that as I read the book, because there were a couple of places where there were, were just a couple, where there were turns of, you know, this word is like that word in English. And I thought, well, but is it that way in Russian? You know, you, there, there would be some little play on words. And I thought, okay, did the trick. You wonder how that works when the yeah. translator is moving something from one language to another, and they need to preserve a play on words. How do they do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty clever to, yeah. be, to be able to do that. Can't be easy. Yeah. Or yes, or something that is particularly clever to the Russian mind. Right. Exactly. Or yeah, like, hey, it's clever because, that. because in their language, this sounds like this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right. The words sound yeah. similar, but it's yeah. All right, so um, he was an intellectual. He also won the Nobel Prize, right? Yeah, literature in 1970. 1970. For this book, right? For this one, yes. Yeah. And now this he, is like a short version of, of his um, of his longer 
book, which which is the the Gulag Archipelago. Yeah. Right. right, so that's why this this is kind of why it qualifies as a shortcut to the classics. But that was after. So after he writes this, and he gets flooded mm-hmm. with personal accounts of people's experience exactly. in, people in, in the, the gulags, and he just decides to make a compendium of mm-hmm. all of these these writings. So they're not that uh, three volume monster. Yeah, yeah, is not entirely out of his head. Yeah. No. So I actually listened to a not really a podcast, but a, an audio thing today about the about the book, and a lot of people who were in the Gulag read this book and and totally related to every part of it and said, "Yes, that's exactly what it was like." Right. Yeah. Uh, are you in background? You want to get hit, you want to get get into the book? Sure. Right. One thing that jumps out at you right off the bat is there are no chapters. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. Not. It's just yes. One it straight really book. Is one day. The first thing. Yeah. It is one. Day and so, uh, like you said, about capturing that he th- he thought about it for a long time. He's like, "All right, do I do the history of the gulags? Yeah. Do I do one guy over ten years? Yeah. Do I do?" And then he was like, "You know what? I think one day for one guy can really capture the you know the experience right, yeah. of, of everyone because I've got down here these are these these are things that it is not sorry spoiler alert okay it is not a well planned escape story <laughs> right, right it is not there's no there's not a violent prison riot where the subjugated rise up against their right. masters mm-hmm. there, there's no treatise on politics or the condition of man or, or human suffering it's a little bit about right. the condition of man but but it's not a big long treatise right about that. right yeah. exactly yeah. it's yeah. not it's not like to to uh, fake philosophers, and this is so easy to do as a writer who's trying to convey an idea. Yeah. Well, now you now you just make these two characters as mouthpieces yeah. of you trying to sell your idea, yeah. which is clear, which is definitely not what's going on. No, here. there's just a the touch of that. Just the some end, hints, but, but not, yeah. and it's not mm-hmm. uh, the other thing about uh, usually how a dramatic work works is that. Uh, Bill Johnson went to work every single day, and he drove his car to that. But on this day, yeah, right. right, then there's something that happens something which makes, new, which makes right. it so special that it becomes. Uh, no, that's that's no. not what happens. This, this is the ordinary. Day. <laughs> yeah. This is the ordinary. There's day. nothing special about this day, <laughs> right? Except for nobody here would want to live it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's for for what it's worth, uh, what does happen on this day? He gets up and... Uh, yeah, so they, they wake up at 5 o'clock to, not to a bugle call, but to somebody <laughs> clanging on a, on a piece of metal, right? <laughs> yeah. But then for some reason they have, even though they're, they're awakened at 5, there's some lengthy time before they actually have to get up, which I don't quite understand. Right. And then they, then they get up. And he's and, feeling rough. Yeah. He feels lousy. Yeah. He thinks he's right. sick. And maybe he can get a sick day out of this. Right. So he tries to go to the doctor and say, you know, I don't need to work today because I'm sick. And uh, the doc says, you know, you should have told me last night. And I don't have any, don't have any slips. I didn't feel bad last night. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't have any more pink slips or whatever. And sorry, I can't, can't help you out. And the doctor is presented. It's interesting. The doctor is a poet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's busy trying to write some poetry. Right. And um, his name is Kolya. And I, I like this. I, I pulled this off of a website. All right. Uh, Solzhenitsyn's description of Kolya, the, the doctor, as an insensitive poet, suggests his disdain for old-fashioned literary types who fail to appreciate real-world problems. That, that 
is kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> An interesting uh, interpretation of the role of the doctor. But the doctor couldn't get him off, and he, he tries to get out of work, but he can't. And then he kind of just sucks it up and goes to work. And then there, yeah. and then there, then his day starts. Now you, you're so they're divided into gangs, not in a negative way, just right. Yeah. right? So there's a yeah, there's a group leader. And what is it? What does it seem like they're about thirty guys or something, something like, like that? that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, about that. And, and so, so you one don't necessarily guy, know where you're going to be assigned for that day's work detail. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, before before they go to work, they check the thermometer. Yeah. Okay. Right. And they, if if it's below negative forty, they don't have to work. <laughs> so some guy goes out and checks and goes, yeah. minus twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, we got to go. <laughs> Sorry. God. That's pretty cold. Minus twenty seven. So a cold day, you know, a cold day. In Remember that we had those. Two, we had those two days right at Christmas time, and it, it, I actually brewed that day. It it was a high of nineteen. Yeah, that's a that's pretty cold. big deal. That's a cold. That's day a pretty in big deal. In yeah, this is this is forty degrees cold. More than forty degrees colder. Than <laughs> and, yeah, and it's every day. I mean, yeah. not, I mean, not every day. It reminds but. me of the of the thing we were talking about Jack London before, where. Um, you know, you spit, and your spit freezes before it hits the ground. You know, it's, it's, that's pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. They don't have socks; they just have foot wraps. Yeah, isn't that disgusting? You got to keep yeah. an idea. Okay, got to keep an eye. Uh, you know. Now the other thing we missed is, is breakfast. Uh, they they do get fed decently in the morning. Because <laughs> well, by by gulag standards, by gulag standards, because they have right. to work that day, so they they need to get some food into them. <laughs> food and gets the, the worse. food the food is like really thin fish soup. And whatever vegetable they get, they're like, you know, last year it was potatoes, but this year it's cabbage. Yeah. And, it's, and that's like, about it. You, you basically, you don't find any fish meat. You find bones and skin. You and, suck on the bones. And, and you, you suck still got to suck on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got you to get what you can get. So you eat and you get a ration of bread. And what does he do with the bread? Which he, he right. hides away in his shirt right, to eat right. later. Yeah. And he has like three pages of how he deals with the bread. Yes. I don't a, want the, to eat the, it at all in the, the beginning. The maintenance of the bread is a big deal throughout the entire book. It's almost like it's almost like that's, his life is centered around how he eats that bread. And for some reason, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to, quote, hoard your bread or whatever. I mean, what do, what do they care if you eat it all now or if you eat some now and eat some later? But apparently, control, yeah. Appa- yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he, he's he's hidden away this needle. So he, so he doesn't just stick it in his pocket. He actually sews it into his garment or his bed right. so that he can have it later because you're not allowed to lick your plate. But the best <laughs> yes. way to get everything out is with a piece of bread. Is you can sop it up right. with a piece of bread. The, yeah, so he saves the bread from breakfast because at dinner, their midday meal, <laughs> he wants to use the bread to sop up the last little bit from his plate. God. Yeah. So awful. <laughs> All right, yeah, so then they're, they're now so, so... They go off on their work detail and they go to work on a, um, what is it, a power plant or something? Right, right. Yes. Yeah. And and the first part of the day, they're they're not really doing any serious work from building the power plant. They're trying to find some ways to cover up the walls to make it warmer in their in the room. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, right. They're, they're open windows, I think. Yeah. So they go and they steal some material from another work site and sneak it in, a bunch of like felt for putting on roofs. Yes. Yeah. And and they they cover the walls and they're doing all this to make life just a little bit more tolerable. And the, what I thought was very interesting about this is the um, their foreman, Turin, 
yeah. was covering for them yeah. because, and putting himself at risk mm-hmm. by allowing them to do this to make their life just a tiny bit more tolerable yeah. because they should have been doing something like laying brick or, you know, something useful for building the building and they weren't, but he, he allows them to do this and then he forges the work orders to make it look like they were doing something else. Yes. So the work orders are apparently a big deal and that you, so the gang boss is not, is not a ruthless tyrant. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ha- he gets some benefits, but you have to plea you have to please him because it all comes down to these stupid work order things. Yes, and he's got these things have to be fulfilled, right, or everybody gets punished. Right, the paperwork has to be done, and and and, and was it Turin? Yeah, yeah, does the paperwork, and he's actually a good guy. Yeah, he looks after the gang. He tries to make every day just uh, as as easy as possible. And minus 27 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I thought was interesting about this? If you think about this in terms of you're trying to build a, a building and people are, are forging documents, they're pretending about work orders, they're doing shoddy work, and then you end up with a crappy building, what a surprise. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's been, it's been kind of a running joke, or it was when we were growing up, a running joke of the poor quality of stuff built in Russia. Yeah, and it was because of this sort of thing because there, there, nobody has any incentive to do well. Although we'll see a, uh, we'll see another side of that later on. Right, in the story. All, right. All but, you have, right? Your everything, everything is about fulfilling a certain quota for the person above you, and that's really that all you can. And there's I mean, always going to be some cheating. And look lying. at yes, yeah. remember the Yugo uh, uh, communist right. built. Uh, yes. Yeah, there you go. I know somebody who drove a Yugo. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the the. The morning is spent with this silliness, and then they have their dinner, and uh, Ivan manages to fool the cook into handing out two additional bowls of soup. Right. Yeah, because they're like counting them, and he miscounts convinces them, and he miscounts, and, yeah. and gets two more bowls of soup. He gets one of them, and he has to give one to somebody else. But that's like a huge, it is a huge, huge big deal. deal in you're trying to survive in negative now, that's, that's, that's who, who did he, it go to? Did it get Caesar or did it go to the, 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 the boss? Turin. Well, Turin already gets double double. Yes. Bulls yeah, anyway. I, I think, I, I don't think it went to any of the characters that we know. It went oh, to some okay. unnamed guy. Who, okay. But uh, yeah, he stole this extra bowl of soup. He got one. He gave one to this, to this other guy. It was the guy when he went out and he goes into the room and there, there are two people arguing about some stupid cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. Remember that? Eisenstein. Uh, Eisenstein, yeah. Eisenstein. The uh, right. uh, movie, right? He was, yeah. he was a movie director. And movie director. Artist, and yeah. Right, so that was like one of the few little... Potemkin. In, uh, intellectual arguments that takes that takes place that you're kind of... But you're just on the outside of. Yeah, you're, yeah. Right, you're just catching glimpses of it. As a matter of fact, there's, there's like a, you know, an asterisk that points you to the... The back of the book, I'm like, oh, that's what they're talking about. So it's really inside baseball. It's only three or four sentences that right. so you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, my book had asterisks, but it didn't. It didn't point to anything. I didn't. Have <laughs> <laughs> I just had asterisks there, like oh, an asterisk, but no footnote. Right? No footnote. Right. Thanks for joining us for beer and conversation with Big Weed and Crow Hill where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal.
From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at higweedshow at gmail.com. So yeah, that so the, he steals the food, but then they get they sort of get down to the real work of the day. And they start working on laying brick. On laying brick. And there's some real pride here. Mm-hmm. There's also, you know, the gang's got to complete a certain amount of work because no individual gets punished. One guy... It's the which gang is a, nobody. I mean, which is a brilliant system, yeah. right? Which is why they don't really have to keep an eye on everybody because... Because everybody else is keeping an eye on each other. Yes, them, everybody's right? keeping yeah. on, on each other. And so they're building... But you can't build the, you can't create the mortar too far ahead of the bricks. Because it's so cold. It's <laughs> so cold. It's going to freeze. Oh, we forgot well, they got to thaw the sand. Yeah. <laughs> they got to put the sand exactly. on the stove. That's oh, okay. That's so right. that's what the, that's right. so they build the fire inside the room where they're trying to close the windows yeah. up. And that's to warm up the sand. Yeah, to warm up so the sand so they can make the mortar. mortar so it Jesus. Won't. But it's remember, remember that Ivan has his special trowel. Yes, that, that he keeps hidden. That he keeps hidden. It's not part of the, you know, normal... Uh, yeah, check in, check out. Check in. He's got his special one that he hides all the time and uses. Right. Yes, and that, that kind of hints at his uh, dedication to his craft. Yeah. That right. he, he wants to be good at what he does. And, and, yeah. Go ahead. I, I was also going to say is, you know, with uh, the... Every time you bring up the idea of, you know, getting an extra bull, doing, you know, uh, hiding the trowel, uh, finding a piece of metal that you could do something with. Mm-hmm. These are all the things you have to learn how to do in order to just survive. Right. Yeah. And, it, it, and, he, and he looks at, there's a, there's a couple of points, I don't know where it is in the book, where he says, oh, that poor fool, he's not going to make it. He doesn't know how to live here. Right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the the new guy in there, like, where you, where, where do you, what's the pecking order of warming your boots? Because if you don't warm your boots and dry out your socks, yeah, then you have to learn. You have to learn how things are done, yeah. and you have to learn that you can you can cheat other people, but you never cheat your gang foreman. Right, you know, yeah. there there are certain rules that you got to learn in order to survive in this thing. And there's also there's there's this character Fetchikov. Yeah. Who is the scrounger and wheedler of the gang? Yeah, and I thought this was an interesting comment. Fetchikov represents the degradation to which prisoners in the labor camp are capable of slipping if they let go of their human dignity. He's the guy who's always begging for a cigarette, begging for a bit of food. He, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really play the game. He's just the the nasty guy who's always asking for everything, yeah. and everybody despises him because of it. He doesn't do anybody any favors. He doesn't. He doesn't engage in any sort of tit for tat. He's just always begging. Yes, yes. And so, in in the morality of this world, mm-hmm. you know that rep, that represents because it's not like I said. Like I said earlier about what this book is not about. You're hey, it's not gang violence. There's nobody getting shivved and right. Right. Well, well the first one, actually, the couple of people there were. They reference they reference a couple of people getting killed in their sleep, right? But, yeah, who were snitches or something, right? Yeah, but for one thing, this is what they call a special camp. Mm-hmm. These are all political prisoners. Yeah. All right. So do we get to the point where he he reveals why he and the, he Shukarov is what he's called. His name is Ivan Denisovich Shukov, yeah. but uh, right. throughout the book he's called Shukov. Yeah. 
So, uh, are we up to the point where they've... I, I honestly people can't even remember what the reason is why he... Uh, yeah, so he was in the he was sent to the front line. So this is very Solzhenitsyn. Oh, 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 right. Yes, he's sent to the front line, and he is. And they're he completely over, they're completely overrun by the Germans. Yeah, and he gets captured. And he gets um, he, he, gets, he gets captured, and then a bunch of guys escape. Then when they find their friendly line, three out of the five of them are shot by their by Russians. Right. Just think, not, suspecting them to be. Yeah. And then, so the two survivors come up. They tell their story, and they're like, "Collaborators, sure, <laughs> right, 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 collaborators." Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh man, we should have said this instead." Yeah, yeah. this is said. He said, "And if 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 the, all five of us had survived, we all we had the same story. But since there's only two, and they're not going to buy this, and <laughs> so uh, so he had to confess to that." There's a lot of because you know your two choice. You're right. Your choices are death, torture, and confession. And so yeah, he confesses and- a lot of the people who are there are there for ridiculous reasons. Yes, and one of them is um, is this young guy, which which is the young Chop Gopchik. Yeah, a 16 year old boy who was um, put in prison for providing milk to nationalist rebels hiding in the forest, and he's the, he's mm-hmm. supposed to represent that the Soviet government has no. Uh, utter lack of human compassion. Somebody so young who's just being kind to some people, and he gets thrown right. into the gulag because of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so is it is the gulag? Is it well? I guess it's everything. So is it? It's oppression. Mm-hmm. It's free labor. Yeah. Right. It's punishment. Punishment. Yeah. It's wheedling out undesirables. You yeah. can always repl- you can always replace them. Where it's an attempt of, of massive industrialization. You mm-hmm. need. It's but. it's it's the bureaucracy that's needed to run a one system government. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always wonder when I think about this story why why were they building a power plant out in a place where it gets to be <laughs> negative forty? You know what? What is? Why are you even bothering with this? Right. I mean, or, or is it part of a thing? So then. The power plant generates the power that they can then eventually maybe they'll be building something useful. Right now, it just seems like busy work. Yeah, but still walking from building to building, it's you know, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a two mile walk, right, from the the gulag to the work site, right? Yeah, that's all all pretty pretty dreadful. I had a blanket on me when I was reading that. Oh, yeah, that was cool. (laughs) Yeah, do you read these things and you just you just think, oh my gosh! All right, so the yeah, so they're called in from, so all right, so they're humping along. It's like you can see this. Uh, there's like a, if they made a movie about it, there would be this sort of upbeat music where the guys are working together, and, and then, so the winch thing to bring the bricks up is broken. Yeah. So all they have is this system of tossing bricks up one level after the other, and the what are those things? The it's not a hog hod. Yeah. Right, that stick with the V-shaped stick. Right, with the yeah. And they work, they're working like demons. They're working like demons. And he's very, you know, they got the plum and the, yeah. they're very... And yeah. and uh, Sukov is, uh, Ivan Denisovich, is just really intent. I mean, yeah. he's in the zone. He's he like, is in the zone. He, he's doing his thing and he's insisting that everybody else works hard. And a lot of them are, a couple of them are slackers, but they're all working hard. They're working so hard that they're sweating. Yeah, in, in, my, in minus twenty-seven, yeah. right? In minus twenty-seven, in minus 27 yeah. degree weather, and he's you know he's not only doing his work, but he's like supervising a couple other people and making sure they're doing it right. And he is so into his work that when it comes to quitting time, he doesn't want to quit. 
yeah. he like keeps keeps working for a little while and almost gets in trouble for right, it. Right, because yeah. they're, they're like, well, we don't want to... We, we, you don't want to have excess... You don't want to have excess mortar that you didn't use. Yeah. Because then, then now that becomes its own problem. We have to find a place to hide the excess mortar, dig a right. hole, right? Yeah, and, and, he's the, like, and he's the foreman like, is saying, well, just throw it over the wall. Yeah, and they're like, well, why don't we just build another row here? So he's yeah. basically the last one. He's, what is he? He's running to get in line. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, right, because everybody has to count the prisoners two or three times. They, so they, you yeah, have to they be have to in all, your gang. In your gang. They have to right. all be in their gang. They have to all be lined up, and they count them on one side of the fence, and then they count them again on the other side of the fence. Rows of and, five. And yeah, and so band. you end up, because of, not only because of this kind of foolishness, but also somebody, <laughs> somebody fell asleep, and he was missing, so the count was wrong, they had to go get him. And then they, they all end up standing out there for an hour in the freezing cold, waiting to do their march back to their camp. Okay. Just yeah. standing there. Just standing there. Yeah. And then now, I mean, it was not negative 27 because the sun's down. Because the sun's down. <laughs> so then so they finally get counted in. And then, and then there's a recount again. And then after everybody's content, well, they eat first. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. They eat first and... Again, he finagles a second bowl. Yeah, that was an interesting one. He he did a favor for somebody, and and they gave him some food, gave him part of their right. So Caesar gets is regularly gets packages from home, right? But it's just understood you barely get any of your package because you have to pay off so many people along the way exactly. to I get mean, your here, dang package. Here you are. You're running the mail. You're running the mail shop in a in a. In the gulag, yes, and somebody's sending, you know, all these. You could these, frankly take the whole darn exactly. Thing. You know, they're skimming and taking stuff off the top. So of they skim theirs. Right. You give them something so they don't skim too much the next time. Right. Then you've got your boss. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the guy who's got your back. Mm-hmm. So in the end, you don't even get that much, but it is better than nothing. Better than I mean, you have some yeah. tobacco and right. some other things, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, tobacco was uh, tobacco was the other oh huge pleasure consistent sure. theme yep. throughout right is who can get a little plug of tobacco this is one guy who scoops the cigarette butts out of the spittoon and dries them out and then takes the tobacco and smokes it yeah <laughs> uh, gosh that's rough yeah. that is rough yeah that is rough. then the 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 two uh, the two Latvians. Uh, Estonians. Oh, Estonians. Estonians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was an interesting comment about the Estonians in this. Um, in this, okay, they they represent the necessity of maintaining a private world set apart from the horrors of camp existence. Hmm. That's interesting. The two Estonians, well, they, they, right? They had the relationship because they were inseparable, right? right. And and, yeah. and and that relationship as being a private relationship was what carried them through, which would. Allowed them to keep their humanity. Right. Now, how about the, uh, what was it, who was the, uh, Aloshka? Al- Alyoshka or something like the that. The Baptist? Yeah. The Baptist. The Baptist. Now, he, he kept his humanity by being a Baptist. Right. Yeah. Being intensely, intensely religious. And he was almost a bunk mate of. Yeah, he was like one bunk over yeah. from Sukhoff. And he apparently had copied half the New Testament. I don't know where yeah. he found a New Testament, but he, he yeah. copied it out by hand and read it every night and prayed. And there's a scene in the end where Sukhoff and Alyoshka are having a conversation about prayer. 
And, yeah, and uh, that was kind of interesting because the, how, uh, Sukhoff was talking about praying for freedom and praying for this and yeah. praying for that. And Alyosha is saying, no, you don't pray for those things. Right, right. What do you got? Um, yeah, 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 you mustn't pray for that. What do you want your freedom for? Yeah. What faith have you left will be choked in thorns? Rejoice that you are in prison. Here you can think of your soul. Paul the Apostle said, What mean you to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound, but also to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, there's... Nothing clears the mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> having, like having nothing yeah. is the way that he... Right? So, uh, 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 right. Do, do you... The, the, right, Paul the Apostle would have said that you need to distance yourself from right from from worldly goods and worldly desires, and he's like, "Got it, right? That, here's where I am. I got yeah. nothing more than that. That's right. And right? Then what? Which is my understanding is uh, Solzhenitsyn's experience was, you know, spending so much time sort of re-examining his own soul. Yeah, I think Solzhenitsyn was a dissenter from Russian Orthodoxy. Uh -huh. he, he was more on the Baptist side of things as, as far as religion goes. So that's why he has this Alyoshka character as, as the yeah. kind, kind of the secret hero of the, of the story. And he, you know, he says, you know, what do you need freedom for? What do you need this for? Don't, yeah. don't pray for those things. You yeah. know, pray for your soul. Right. And it's it, a very, he yeah. says, give us our day... Give us, what is it? Give yeah, us our, day, our, daily, our, daily our daily bread. bread. He, says, you he mean, says, well, you got it. He says, he says, you mean our ration to bread. Give us this day <laughs> our daily bread. Yep. You mean the ration we get. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But Shukal wasn't, a, I mean, he wasn't a, uh, he wasn't a skeptical, depressed atheist at no. all. He was just. He was a believer. He just wasn't very very religious and didn't really understand things. He was, he was just sort of your. Your pedestrian, yeah, I believe in God, but I don't really know what that means, kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah, right. I thought the I thought the very ending. Or do you have anything else to say about this? I got a good quote for the ending here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that fact. That's what that's what that's what I was looking for. Okay. So sorry. So anyway, so so they're before we get there. So they're 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 brought in. They're like they they eat. He gets a second bowl. Mm -hmm. He gets a he gets a little bit of tobacco. And got extra he, bread. He got. He got uh, right. He didn't get chinched. Not only did he not get chinched on his eight ounces, he probably got a ten ounce chunk of bread. Tuck away some of it. He they're they're like, oh god, they're not going to call us out again. Yeah. And they do. Yeah, they call him out again for so another. All out again. Their boots are off. Right. They get counted again. Anyway, he gets back in bed and he, go ahead, and, he, and then he reflects on his day, yeah. which, which to any normal human being, is the worst day you could ever imagine having. Right. And he, how does he reflect back? Okay, Sugov went to sleep fully content. He'd had many strokes of luck that day. They hadn't put him in the cells. They hadn't sent his squad to the settlement. He'd swiped a bowl <laughs> of kasha at dinner. The squad leader had fixed the rates well. He'd built a wall and enjoyed doing it. He'd snuggled that bit of hacks, smuggled the bag of hacksaw blade through. He'd earned a favor from Caesar that evening. He'd bought that tobacco, and he hadn't fallen ill. He got over it. That's a that's wow, a day. pretty good day. Yeah. A day without a dark cloud, almost a happy day. <laughs> that's a happy day in the gulag. Sheesh! So this is that's right there. That's the last page, almost. Right? Yeah, 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 that's that's right. yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the question is: Sheesh! When, when you 
obviously we don't want prisoners to live a completely happy, joyful life. You know, there's there's a reason you're in prison. You're, you're supposed you're, to be punished. You're there to be punished. Yeah. So what what is it about this story that was such a um, condemnation of the Soviet system? Considering the fact it had this upbeat ending. Right. Like, hey. And there, was good, and there were good characters. You all know? in all, I so, don't. There's no that that other guy you pointed out was the closest thing to a bastard. Everybody, I mean, he was just he just hadn't figured out the system yet. It was a brutal system. But everybody else, they're, they're honorable and decent men. They were all generally all. speaking, the That's foreman right. was a decent guy. Denisovich was a decent guy, and most of them were were basically decent guys trying to the trying captain. To live, yeah, trying to live in this horrible scenario. So I guess. Maybe, maybe what that says is, okay, here are a bunch of decent Russians. They're, they're not horrible people. They're decent people. Yes. But they're stuck in this horrible system. Well, yes. they're put into yeah. the horrible system. And Solzhenitsyn yes. is, may, maybe the analogy is Russia is a bunch of decent people put in this horrible Soviet system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think, um, well, I, I liked... Like you said, they're, they're, it's not a, a political excoriation of the right. evils of the, not, none of that goes on. Right. The one, the, the one little jab was, hey, sun's directly overhead. Must be twelve o'clock. <laughs> right. What's the, what was the joke? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the Soviet power has said that that's at one o'clock. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Yeah. So, right. so obviously right. they're they're going. It's so absurd, yeah. but yet so filled with its own power yeah. that. The Soviet system would, in fact, decide to take control over nature right. if it wanted to, exactly. and yeah. redefine what uh, you know. The summer, in, in a sort of Orwellian way, no winters are warm, <laughs> summers are cold, <laughs> right. and you'd have to go along with it. That's right. And so yeah. they do point; they do give a few jabs like that. But just a couple. It's, but, it's no, not, fair, no, no, no. It's not really a political no, book. not yeah. at all. But at the, I mean, but the huge jab, of course, is the whole book. Mm-hmm. And the whole day, and how they're treating these people, and 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 this is the way they built their power plants in their villages and their suburbs, and this is, you know, and then the bureaucracy was so overbearing that you, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't to do a good job no, as much. The, well, it was to do a, a good, good job only right for thing. yourself, but you know, it was to do a good job so somebody could do the paperwork to go ahead and give it to somebody else to do the paperwork to give it to somebody else yeah. to do the paperwork. It's just the whole system was so... Uh, uh, and, and and there was really no reason why any of these people should have been in, in, well, that's in, 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 in Gulag. Yeah, yeah another, part of, another part of the condemnation of the system is here, in here is that you get the impression that none of these people should have been in the Gulag. Yeah. That none of them really did anything worthy of being in, in this situation. One thing I forgot to ask you about. How come he never expresses, you know, missing his wife and kids? Yeah. Well, no, he does. He, he, he does because he talks about letter writing and package writing and and he she sends him news about this new carpet making business and he hates it mm-hmm. and he's like that sucks and, and then and then he's then he, then he's thinking I, I have more in common with this piece of crap next to me than I do with them I'd rather not hear about it yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, and I think that that's exactly what why you don't hear of 
any of the life outside the gulag because life to, to, to live in the gulag takes all of your time and energy mm-hmm. which and is one of the messages of the yeah and the i think one of the the themes of the book are that is that you can only you can only f- you you have to create meaning in the area that you have that that you can have meaning like right. if you, if you, the fact that he could reflect on that day as a good day, if he was spent his day thinking about all the things he would be doing back in his village, right. you'd never get through it. Yeah. Right. You, you and could. so you have to find where's your, what can you control? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a certain stoic Taoist, you know, what, what can you control? What is, how can you create your own meaning? How can you hang on to your humanity? Right. In the most brutal of there was so much scheming and thinking about scheming of how am I going to go up to the door to get my gruel? How am I going to go get my trowel? What am I going to do with that? Where am I going to go? How how can I get my tobacco? How can I get this? It was was always scheming, and it was always just the basic things of survival, getting through that day. During that day, exactly. Yes, all those elements of survival, but also all the elements of the interpersonal relationships and who, who do I need to do a favor for and who do right. I need, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Your mind is so completely preoccupied with all that stuff. And, w- and when you read it from the outside, you're like, oh my God, that is so unnecessary, so petty, so superficial, but you're reading it from the outside, not the inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if but you're there. any, but yes, but in a way, in a less limited way, all of our lives right. are just a miniature microcosm of all of of, of, of the nation. Let's just say, mm-hmm. right? So you're living this one American life, and you can reduce it when you reduce it down to its elements. You're obviously not taking into account everything that's going on. Around you, right? right? You have your own life and your own struggles and your own mm-hmm. thing. And his is just reduced down to almost nothing, but yet he's still hanging on to... Right. They're still hanging on to humanity yeah. and trying to have right, right. So, some meaning in their life and all, all that kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's the brilliant piece of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I thought it was a masterpiece. I mean, we've read some great master works here, and this is one of them. But it's a very unsophisticated writing style. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Hemingway. Right? He was, it was unsophisticated. He, yes. Yeah. I mean, it was. I, I think it was. <laughs> it was. It was meant to be accessible to yeah. the that, average reader. But that also fits the environment. Yes. You don't expect flowery language in a in a gulag. You know, it's just very matter of fact and plain and straightforward. And what what did what did uh, Chukov do? What did Nisovich do before he was? He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. Okay, that's right. So he's a regular dude in a small town. He wasn't a carpet maker. No, he was a carpenter, and then in the gulag, he learned to be a mason as well. Right, yeah. So Uh, he figured, that's a good thing. When I get out, I'll have two skills. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yes. Yes, I remember that. So uh, it was also, it was was third person. Was there any omniscience on part of the narrator? Did Did he tell you? What anybody was thinking, or was mm. it always only what they were saying? Mm. I don't remember any any omniscient speaking. To I them. don't either. So, yeah, so it was like, all I, it was all it was always Shukov. 
right? Yeah, but it was about him. It was did did it contain his private thoughts? Yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, you're like, oh, I hate that guy. That's okay. So you was limit. It was limited to just the main character. Okay. Here, well, here's a, a flash of omniscience. But right. Zukov wasn't. This is when when he's working on building the wall. Mm-hmm. But Zukov wasn't made that way. Eight years in a camp couldn't change his nature. He worried about anything he could make use of, about every scrap of work he could do. Nothing must be wasted without good reason. So that that was sort of a stepping back and looking at him from a broader perspective. It, but, it, yes, yeah. but it's not him thinking. Right. It's not it's like reading anybody's mind. Shukov, Shukov was thinking. I don't think that was. We never went into somebody else's head. No. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. No, it's third person, no omniscience. And... So what do you call that? First person limited omniscience? Uh, no, that's no, just third, third, third person, person limited omniscience. No, no, limited omniscience. Limited omniscience means mean you're only in the head of the main character. Omniscience means you're in the head yeah, of anybody you want to be. Mm-hmm. And this was not in the head of anybody. It was just third person. Straight third person. Yep. And uh, hold on. What, what, what did you just read there? Because that got to my... Uh, yeah. That, thinking about. So that was when, when they were building the wall. Yeah. And they were saying that he was just the kind of a guy who would do things this way. Where was that? Oh, yeah. Okay. The other thing was, was he the one that, he, uh, no matter how cold it was, he couldn't eat with his hat on? Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, that, that was another interesting thing, is that you are the way you are. And uh-huh. you're just going to uh-huh. be that way. And so, yeah. some things might change, some things might change you, but you also, to some extent, have mm-hmm. a nature yourself mm-hmm. and a personality and that's going to and yeah it's going to come out and it's important to uh, be true to that uh to get through these these horrible horrible times yeah. but which is just one day <laughs> so uh, what's the, so what but what is the last line he's he said that, yeah so this was there's nothing special about that that day Oh, so, okay, let me just read the last one. How does yours, maybe we have different... There were 3,653 days like that in his stretch, from the first clang of the rail to the last clang of the rail. 3,653 days. Three extra days were for leave years. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! All right, gentlemen. So anyway, it was a good story. It and, was. Uh, it was cold. It was. Uh, it, it it was mostly painful and yet surprisingly uplifting. Yeah, in the inter- end. interesting uh, reflection yeah. on humanity. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. We would like to say share it on social media, but we hate social media. Just tell a friend in real life. That would be lovely. Thank you very much.